United States of Lead is an informative podcast that may contain sensitive material and the occasional F-bomb. Listener discretion is advised. United States of Lead, a podcast about crime, mental decline, and the lead thread that links them. This week, we are going to discuss the relationship between lead exposure and stress. As we have discussed lead exposure and trauma before, the real link I think I want to explore more is the stress induced by trauma, specifically in the early ages of development and its relationship with lead exposure and the subsequent effects of both. And something that obviously researchers are looking into, but that we don't discuss enough, I feel, as a society. Also, heads up, normally Ruby has grandma watch her while we record, but um, she is instead on her tablet behind us. So (laughs) if you happen to hear some background sound effects or music, it's from her tablet. Out of all the ambient noise, ambient Ruby is is up there. I'm I'm a fan, so... (laughs) I really do believe that the link between trauma and lead poisoning with certain cases that we see where it's like, oh, we can't explain these things because lead exposure and lead poisoning rewires your brain and the effect that stress has. I just feel like this is really where people in power should really be paying attention to. The study I found is from 2010 and it's on the interactions of lifetime lead exposure and stress, which will be linked in the episode description. Quote, lead and stress co-occur as risk factors, share biological substrates, and produce common adverse side effects, end quote. Because when we do look at the effects of lead and the effects of stress, they are so intertwined that it can be hard possibly to see. So in this study, they say, quote, we previously found prenatal restraint stress or offspring stress could enhance maternal lead-induced behavioral brain neurotransmitter level and HPA access changes, end quote. So basically it's say, like how I said, you know, that lead acts as an accelerant to like already underlying issues mm-hmm. that can be interchanged with stress accelerating lead effects or effects of lead. And I just want to clarify too, that the HPA access 
is a term used to represent the interaction between the hypothalamus, pituitary gland, and adrenal glands. Okay. So more specifically, it's a neuroendocrine mechanism that mediates the effects of stressors by regulating numerous physiological processes such as metabolism and immune responses. I know we talked about this when we started Cult of Corporation too, but the importance of regulation for corporations and like how that connects to the importance of regulation in our brains. That lack of regulation in, in someone's brain, how that correlates to the lack of regu- like people who are in power of these regulations, corporate regulations, and the people wanting to prevent them, they might not have the regulatory systems in their own brains. Yeah, I don't know enough about this, but uh, the stressors and the threats identified in the brain are complex, but they're also pretty simple. And that means like whether it's a lion, I know this, whether it's like a lion attacking you or the persistent knowledge that your father doesn't approve over time are the same thing. And if you don't regulate out of that cycle of stress, you end up staying in it. You literally can't. Yes. yes, You 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 literally can't can't take in information to your higher brain, to your your frontal cortex. It gets stayed in that little brain of your amygdala. And you think, but it's this this accelerated but compacted sense of survival. Mm -hmm. And again, what they really play on in certain media is playing on that fact of knowing that people who are in that perpetual state, how easy it is to target them with certain media. Oh, absolutely. We were just talking about this before the podcast, but I think all of the red counties that do not touch a border in Texas have nothing to do with the border that have nothing to do with brown people. Mm -hmm. They're just stuck in this cycle. It's fear-based politics and Mm -hmm. it's fear-based decision-making rather Mm than, oh, I don't need to worry about... Well, hypothetical fear, not real fear, but hypothetical fear is what it's If we have common sense gun regulation, then they will take my gun and I cannot protect my family. So something too I want to highlight is, quote, the pathway of the access results in the production of cortisol. Mm -hmm. So many of us have heard that stress is the number one killer in the United States and cortisol is what's released when you're in stress. But when I looked up whether or not stress is the number one killer, because I hear that all the time and there's even a documentary, I'm pretty sure on it. Um, The first thing that popped up, I got to just share my screen because it's just too unhinged. The first thing that popped up was from the United States Department of Justice website. Okay. And just the way it's written, it's in all caps. And just look at it. Like, could anything represent stress more than this? Unhinged, all caps. So here's what really bugs me is that they're identifying like, yes, stress is going to kill you. Okay. But ignoring everything that points to the fact that the main cause of stress and the people affected most by stress are socioeconomically lower income people of color, but not addressing the societal structural issues that cause this stress. But like we always say, putting the burden on the individual, and this is your responsibility to have to cope with this stress, not us fixing the problems that cause the stress, that cause the lead exposure, that cause the toxic exposure 
but you as a person, as an individual dealing with it, that's always what it is, is you, the individual learning to just deal with it. Can you put that back up? Oh, yeah. The antidote is relaxation, physical yes. relaxation just through relax. exercise. Yeah, just relax. Just learn to take it. And breathing techniques and mental relaxation through channeling, through changes in attitude. Mm -hmm. Persons under stress should admit the problem, talk out difficulties with coworkers. What? So, like, if I have stress with my kids, I should talk out difficulties with coworkers, face situations squarely, and acknowledge that certain factors seem beyond control. So, you know, racism. Just deal with it. They should I forgot also, this too. Oh, they no, should okay, also learn to, to not take verbal attacks personally. So, you know, <laughs> when someone tells you to go back to where you're from, just roll with it, man. And to You're be patient with gaslit. themselves. Oh, no. Techniques for each of these stress prevention measures are explained in an anecdotal manner. So, and just you know, scroll not... down. Just scroll down and at the corporate author of this. The American Society for Industrial Security. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's this is gorgeous. And don't worry, it'll be linked in the episode description. So the annotations. <laughs> Our stress, like death, comes to everyone and causes <laughs> stress, like death, comes to everyone and causes a host of adverse physical changes, mm -hmm. many of which can lead to death. Yeah. Relaxation techniques and attitude changes to relieve stress are described. Dude, man, there's nothing we can do about the fact that corporations and billionaires aren't paying taxes and they're not being regulated and the hey. toxic stuff that they're producing is killing you. Just relax. The planet is burning. Trees are dying. But just breathe. Just chill out. <laughs> this is great. Oh, the ultimate gaslighting. So <laughs> so that's what I found. I was trying to find that. Gold. Um, absolute gold. But anywho, <laughs> back to cortisol. As WebMD says, now I know like WebMD is WebMD, but whatever, there's still some good information out there. Quote, think of cortisol as nature's built-in alarm system. It's your body's main stress hormone. It works with certain parts of the brain to control your mood, motivation, and fear, end quote. Got to remind people that we're looking at this in relation to also like the effects of lead and how lead affects your body. Okay. Quote, adrenal glands, triangle-shaped organs at the top of your kidneys make cortisol. And I wanted to highlight this because of how we know the one of the major effects that is highlighted with lead poisoning is kidney disease. And just to go a little further, cortisol plays an important role in managing how your body uses carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, keeping inflammation down, regulating your blood pressure, increasing your blood sugar controlling your sleep-wake cycle, boosting energy so it can handle stress and restore balance afterward. And this is also sounding a little familiar, correct? Yeah. <laughs> what if you're under constant stress and that alarm button just stays on? According to WebMD, it can derail your body's most important functions and also lead to health problems, which include anxiety and depression, headaches, heart disease, memory and concentration problems, problems with digestion, trouble sleeping, and weight gain. Again, does all this sound familiar? So back to the study. Something the researchers highlight is, quote, sustained contamination from the prolonged use of lead in paint and gasoline 
also underlines the current elevations of blood lead that now preferentially impact low socioeconomic, medically underserved inner city children residing in old housing. The same communities that also sustain low follow-up rates after initial identification of lead exposure. Why is there low follow-up? Because they can't afford it. And also, as we've learned, once they do identify it, the hoops you have to jump through just to get anything done to begin with. Yeah. For anyone listening, if you can't wrap your head around this, it's like there are a lot of people who maybe can think of it like a car. Like if you have if your car is broken, if you don't have insurance on your car, if you can't have someone else who can help you pay for it, sometimes just getting the diagnosis for what's wrong with your car is more expensive and it's too expensive than the repair. You could afford a repair, mm -hmm. but having someone take your car apart and then charge you $300 mm -hmm. when you only have $400 means you can't afford a $400. Yeah. You, then you can't afford a $400 repair. You could have afforded the $400 repair, but they had to check something. And to go to the doctor, to have one person look at you and then they need to have someone else look at you and someone else look at you, uh, run a couple tests, and then all of that is an unknown expense. You don't know who is going to pay for what, mm -hmm. um, but you know that a big bill is coming. Or how long your car is going to be in the shop. Maybe you, you can't, just you keep running. You can't be running. without your car. Yep. Maybe you just you can't keep, be without keep a car. it running. That's one, a reason why someone wouldn't go to the doctor. It's just not immediately practical. Yeah. The researchers go on to say, quote, the impact of this problem has been significantly broadened by the growing recognition of adverse cognitive effects in children at increasingly low blood lead levels. Of course, elevated blood burden also remains a significant problem in countries where leaded gas remains in use and or where environmental regulations remain secondary to industrial development, end quote. So we see, again, reminding how the regulations being lifted and how our lead exposure is on the rise, that correlation all connected to the power of corporations in government. And we've talked about how, I think this is partly true, how if we really approached or attacked or regulated lead consumption in America, if we identified where it comes from and how widespread it is, it'd be such a big problem that we couldn't afford it and still maintain the world that we're living. We would just have to have this drastic change. Mm -hmm. So in addition to that, another thing we'd have to admit, which you're pointing out, is these problems aren't just one thing that gets identified and then changed. It's a position within a system. So like mm -hmm. one person's lead poisoning isn't, oh, well, the problem is lead. It's, well, the problem is heart disease mm -hmm. that's exacerbated by lead, or the problem is cortisol mm -hmm. and your kidneys are all messed up because of mm -hmm. lead, but then you were never identified it because you never go to the doctor. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's still cortisol or it's still stress, but. But how easily too it is to say, oh, this is just stress and completely ignore it because we're not even addressing it. And we have this mentality of because we can identify it, we can peg it to stress. We can it's peg either it either this to, or that. Yeah. It's Yeah. So then it's not any of the other things that contributed to it. All yeah. of those other things get this free pass. So it's interesting you say that because it's hard to pin, like you said, because we're just exposed to so much and there's so many things that can affect how your body works like you know if you're saying with a car your check engine lights on is it because you didn't change your oil 
Is it because you never got your fuel injector cleaned out? You know, if you're not doing all of these things, it's hard to pinpoint which thing is actually causing, but they're all causing this. So the study brings up how our global society is basically screwed. And there are so many other environmental chemical exposures that lead to a wealth of disease and disorders. And that's something that we're going to touch on soon too, because you shared that BPA can, which with breast cancer. And I find that so interesting, the TikTok you shared. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 But we'll get to that later. So they also discuss how these other exposures can affect the effects of lead in someone. For example, quote, Dietary calcium and iron levels can substantially alter lead kinetics and its distribution across organ systems. The time of year, which season we're in, can change your blood lead levels. And aging has been shown to modify kinetics of lead as well as its behavioral consequences, end quote. So you could get your lead tested in the winter versus the spring, and that can affect what number you're seeing. So like, even with that simple fact... The idea of like persistent and regular lead tests should be underlined even more. Because I said like there's something there that's causing more some people to have an increase versus other people. And why is this person's exposure to lead different from this? Why are their lead levels different when they're exposed at the same amount? And so all of these tiny little things, no matter what, you're still getting the effects when it comes to high blood pressure and heart disease, like you can't say that all these things are on the rise and then completely ignore this factor. Right. You know what I mean? So the researchers state, quote, based upon their co-occurrence and shared biological substrates and consequences, we predicted the potential for enhanced toxicity in response to combined exposures to lead and stress. Consistent with this assertion, enhanced effects were observed in behavioral neurochemical and glucocorticoid outcomes in response to combined maternal lead and stress in rats, end quote. So I want to say I'm not a big fan of animal testing, right? but this information is very important to highlight because they are specifically targeting lead and stress because there are all these other factors that can affect. So this is specifically when it comes to lead and stress. Now we know people most at risk for lead poisoning are those who live in low income communities and predominantly people of color. Now think about the people who are most likely to be stressed all the time and not only be stressed all the time, but have the societal pressure to not acknowledge that stress at all. Who that unhinged all caps (laughs) article is targeting the gaslighting of just yeah, acknowledge these things, but oh no, it's not, it's not society's problem. It's your problem. Yeah. You really just gotta learn to take it. Oh, so gross. So there is a lot to the study that we can't really get into. I mean, the study is very lengthy, but the key I want to highlight is the correlation and the effects of lead and stress and they play off each other. So let's say, so you're a child and you grow up with trauma. You grow up with your parents, have you have the generational stress that's brought up from where you are in society. Sure. And then the you know, and then that cycle just keeps going and going and going. Your exposure might be reduced with lead, but your stress is still there, just as it was before. Oh, and then too, like the biggest part that they talk about is so the maternal stress, so the prenatal stress when you're inside the womb, and how mm-hmm. like that stress from the mother comes on to the child, and then it just keeps going. So then it's heightened and increased when we just we're never solving these societal issues. It's so frustrating because like I said, it's all, it always comes back to this idea that of it's not the corporation's fault. It's not, it's not the government's fault. It's not society's fault. It's your fault. 
or it might not be your fault, but it's your responsibility to deal with it. It's not your fault that you live in a house full of lead, but it's your responsibility to learn to flush your pipes for five minutes and waste water. It's your right. responsibility to get these filters. And then when it is the responsibility of society's structures, well, you got to fill out all this paperwork and it's going to take. We can't you know, just do it. Yeah, you can't just do it. Talk about stress. So these people in Chicago, when we brought up the, you know, where they finally have these government programs, think of the stress that you're under. So you already have all of this heightened lead in your system. You have the stress of trying to figure out how to get all this stuff done. And then when you finally get it done, the systems in place crash. You're told you have to wait. You're told, oh, well, we're missing this. I need your kid's report card for some reason. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine, like, even if none of that was a factor, and someone needed this abatement and they're like oh you didn't fill this out right but aren't you here to get rid of the lead aren't you here to or are you here to make sure that paperwork is right yeah saying you're and talking about too like i said like with the gaslighting saying you're gonna do something but then not actually do it but then when the person brings it up hey i can't get this done well those systems are in place it's not our fault it's your fault <laughs> it's just the ultimate <laughs> It's your fault whether or not this adds stress to your life. So this prenatal stress notion, which is, you know, of course, incredibly real, like yeah. something happens to the host of a body, it's going to affect the body and everything in it. But let's not give the host the things they need to allow. Right. If this child, if this, this little, you know, the, the, if the fetus has all these rights, mm -hmm. why aren't there things that can protect it? This is really Yeah, here's the deal. Yep. So if this comes out and let's say that it's going to be, well, it's the mother's responsibility to regulate their stress. The mother needs to focus on how they're doing this and not what's causing all of this stuff on the mother themselves. Like it won't be addressed as like what the stress that the mother is on trying to figure out how am I going to pay for insurance? How can I even pay to have this child be born? I live in a place where there's lead. Well, I can't move anywhere else. And so these issues, if they're not addressed structurally, just add to the stress of the individual. And yeah. that's not fixing the problem. There's a lot to this study that we don't have time to get into, but it is sourced for anybody who wants to actually scroll through it all. However, what I do want to highlight, what they highlight at the end is, quote, the current findings have significant implications for public health and risk assessment. Our findings of enhanced effects of combined lifetime lead and stress, as well as their associated gender differences, clearly underscore the critical need to consider the health consequences of environmental chemical exposures in relevant human contexts, i.e. in association with pertinent risk factors. Studies of lead alone may underestimate its true risks. In addition, the enhancement of lead effects by prenatal stress indicates the need for screening of pregnant women at high risk for both lead exposure and stress, since the current postnatal-only screening programs will already have missed these windows of vulnerability, end quote. So what it's saying, too, is just signaling out lead because when you add on these other, like you were saying with the BPA chemicals, the microplastics, they all interplay with each other in a certain way. And at the end of the day, we just got to get rid of all of it for the love of God. Instead of let's constantly searching it, we know it's all bad. Right. 
So how about instead we stop shifting the focus onto us as individuals and what we can do and start focusing on the real source of the problem instead of figuring out how to um, not make them angry and mind, oh, we got to move ourselves around. No, it's time that they do what they have to do. This is what abusers do. Yeah. And our system is systematically set up as that. They're the ones in charge and we're, you know, making sure we don't get them angry. It's really triggering just this notion of why didn't you do this? The reason why you have this consequence now is because you didn't do this. You knew better. Why didn't you have this ready for me when I got home? Why, didn't why you... weren't you flushing your pipes? Yeah. Why weren't why you were... flushing your pipe? Yeah. Why aren't you running your water for five minutes in the morning? That's instead of why are we still exposed to all of this? Because we can't have corporations regulated. And also the worst irony about this is how all of this exposure mm -hmm. affects how we individuals regulate, not only regulate our emotions and our behavioral functions, but regulate our bodily functions as well. It's all about regulation and it messes with our regulatory system mentally and physically because we're not regulating corporations. Yeah, it seems like we're living in a we're living in a world that doesn't need to be like this. Yes. And I, that makes me wonder if are we that so messed up that we actually we just can't see it anymore. We can't see these possibilities. That's just such a frightening thought of well, like that's just so the design of the Powell memo. And I'd like to say it's not that we can't, it's that mm -hmm. they're at the peak of their plan functioning. Right. If you will. What well, you brought up with the car. Knowing this information and knowing the reality can produce a lot of stress. And when you know what that stress results in, yeah, it is easier to turn a blind eye. That's with every issue we have in society, systemic racism, the 1% versus the rest of us. It's easier mentally to not want to think about it. Yeah, and do things that let, let us not think about it. Mm -hmm. But I think that the midterm elections pointed that the majority of us do want to actually have to have this confronted. And we do know that there needs to be this systematic change. We start with, we need to stop focusing on regulating the individual and the citizen and go back to where we were in the 60s and 50s before the Powell memo and regulating the corporations that are causing all of this to happen. I hope you're right. I forgot to mention, too, that it came out after the election that the money spent on Ron Johnson's campaign this midterm, the highest in Wisconsin history yeah. invested into it. And where is it coming from? Corporate money. That's something I just don't understand how we as a society can't get behind on no matter what side you're on, is that corporate influence just shouldn't be in politics. <laughs> it's showing how desperate they are to not have to be regulated. I hope that we make these changes. This is not a, a mandate for bipartisanship. This is not a mm -hmm. mandate for a return to civility. It's a mandate mm -hmm. for fucking results. I don't think they'll do that. Well, what you just pointed out though, and what I was talking about with Evers and what you mentioned with people voting a certain way is because they need to see the physical tangible. And with everything that the Republicans have constantly been blocking, are the things that people can finally physically and tangibly see. And so why they are so desperate to be able to block that stuff 
at the end of the day, these corporations do know when people finally see like all of this stuff, these regulations do come in and all of a sudden high blood pressure, heart disease, all these things get lowered because people's stress is lower because financially they don't have that stress that then, you know, heightens everything else. If these things finally do become tangibly physical things, they lose all their control. All they can run on is the fear of the unknown. But if people finally can physically have these things, it will change their mind. Yes. I don't think that the Democratic Party could have made all of these changes as robustly as, as they could have before. But the very fact that every single Democrat was not calling them out and calling them to the floor as evil. <laughs> as, Traitors? Like, tra- <laughs> well, just ask him how much is it going to cost? How yeah. much is it? How much are they paying you? We're going to match it. What, what does it cost? Well, that's like, the interesting thing is because if Warnock wins, mm-hmm. the Mansion Cinema trader votes completely become irrelevant. Well, they'll so, have no sway if Warnock actually wins, which is pretty crucial. Will they stay Democrats? Who knows? But either way, like for this term, oh, sure. their vote would become insignificant. If they vote no, it doesn't matter. It'll still go through if Warnock wins. Okay, that's that's fantastic. But I know. I, that's what I'm saying. Like, why we, it's so important? Because Joe Biden was. I just want to point out that Joe Biden yeah. was not demanding the filibuster. Being, yeah. Uh, well, we should really work around the filibuster, or we should really. Uh, uh, yeah, I know. Uh, honor our tradition, the ancient filibuster. It's like the, the, <laughs> as like, ancient as I am. Well, yeah, can't step aside. Yeah. We, we could have taken a larger stance. We did not. Yeah, there really isn't a shared authority, even with the Democrats in power. They're not Mm -hmm. really going to cancel student debt or even take steps towards universal health care, offer universal health care. They're not going to take steps towards affordable or free pre-K, daycare. Yeah, again, the stress, like I want to bring up again, like all of these things. When we have all of these things we're exposed to, and then you add those stresses on, and then they just play off of each other. It's not hurting the people who financially don't have stress. Yeah. But I'm hopeful. You know I am. Love to see it. It's happening. All right. Well, that's all the time we have for this week's episode. Thank you for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to United States of Lead, hosted by Andrea Elizabeth and Paul Kramer. Just a quick disclaimer, Andrea and Paul are not experts in lead poisoning. We do ask that you check our sources and read up a little bit more on your own. Thanks again for listening.